That is verse, that's verse 16, Exodus 20, and that's our text for this evening. You shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. Let's pray. Now, Lord, help us to show forth your glory as the God of truth and help us to adorn your truth in our lives as sons of the truth, sons of the light, that we might bear true witness to you and that, Lord, you might delight in us as we have delighted in you. For you are the faithful God <clears throat> and you, are re you reward faithfulness. Lord, we are saved by the truth of your promises that we believe, but we also, we also, Lord, are helped to be people of the truth and walking in your truth and speaking the truth. So we pray that we might understand by your holy commandment and uh, in your spirit as Christ teaches his truth. May we, his disciples, learn what it is to pair, uh, to speak to one another truthfully and never to, uh, never to make false witness. And we pray in Jesus' name, amen. Please be seated. So the, the teaching here is very straightforward, really. <clears throat> not only the Christian, uh, and not just religious <clears throat> people, but all men, are to maintain truth. They are to maintain and promote truth. If there's truth that would benefit others, uh, all men are to maintain it and to promote it. This is why we evangelize. We promote the truth of God as it is in Christ. You must maintain and promote truth between man and man and protect your own and your neighbor's good name, especially in witness bearing. Now this relates uh, not in a small way to this morning's sermon. How Jesus uh, confessed the, 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 the truth. He, he bore witness before Pilate and with all before all authorities. He, he spoke the truth. He, he acknowledged to be the Son of God. The King of the Jews. So we, we have a continuation in that vein. Um, and so, let us see what the scriptures, as, as the Westminster Larger Catechism would have us understand it, both positively and negatively. Um, positively is that you must preserve and promote truth between man and man. You must uh, love your neighbor as yourself. That's a summary of the law. Uh, and uh, as such, you will, will love yourself, so you are to protect your own good name. There's no, there's no law here in the, in the Bible that says you have to roll over. And when people accuse you of something that is false and you really don't believe it, that it would be humble for you to say, oh yeah, I see your point. No, uh, if you don't see the point, you are to protect your good name. You can say, well, I'm sorry, brother, I, you know, I don't see it. I, help me to see it again. Can you give me another example? When did this happen, et cetera? All right, so you must uh, protect your good name and the good name of your neighbor. Now, how do we do this? We do this by appearing uh, to uphold the truth when called to do so. If the court 
of our land asks you to come to court to be a witness, there is a responsibility for you to do that. Say, so, well, you know, that's the government. Oh, no, it's, it's, it's yeah, parking downtown. Huh. No, that's your duty. If the session calls you and asks you, please write uh, one paragraph of what happened and such and such, or why you're uh, moving from the church, uh, you are to do that. Uh, you appear for the truth, and you are to teach and to say the truth and the whole truth. And uh, it is not nice to withhold something that is true. Uh, thinking I might hurt somebody when called to make a full report of the truth. It's just not, it's not a nice thing to do. You are to stand for the truth. <coughs> you are to stand for it from the heart, sincerely, not begrudgingly, but freely. If you begrudge truth-telling, you're not completing the commandment because the commandment is spiritual, touching the heart. It's not merely a matter of what comes out of your mouth. It's the very motions of your heart have to be true and free. Uh, you are to speak it clearly. That's to say, not with, again, uh, in the context historically here, we've had all kinds of sophists uh, that in their, uh, in their ethics, uh, when they're clever ethics, would say one thing with fingers crossed and couch their words in certain terms where they, they get away with being Catholic and being spies for Rome in England, and that was done all the time, all the time. And, and uh, that amounted to treason to the crown of England, but also uh, heresy and all manner of, of disorder of the church. Uh, speaking the truth, and only the truth, in matters of judgment and matters of justice, <coughs> the commandment follows the format that I said before, the gravest transgression is listed in the table. So in other words, you may hate your, bro your brother, your neighbor, in your heart, and that is murder. But uh, the furthest extent of that class of sin is killing. So the, te the, uh, uh, the, the sixth commandment says, thou shalt not kill. Same way here. The, f the worst type of lie that you can give is when you're called to testify formally under oath, either in the civil court or in the court of the church. And if you lie in a court of the civil magistrate, that's perjury, that carries a severe, I can, I can carry a severe sentence. If you lie in a court of the session, you're likely going to get away with it, but not before God. It's a heinous sin to lie. So, matters of judgment and justice, in all manner of things whatsoever, uh, little things, and uh, he who is faithful in, in small things will be faithful in great things. You can't shrug off, well, you know, it's inconsequential that I told my friends that we caught six bass and they all averaged three pounds when you only caught two and their average is three ounces, you know? Fishermen lie all the time. It's almost expected the fishermen be lying, but it's not inconsequential. You shouldn't lie. All right, those are, I'm picking on my own class of, class of guy of sinner, you know? All right. Uh, you have to have a charitable esteem of your neighbors. <coughs> no sense painting him in the darkest colors. 
You don't have to do that. You can be charitable. Uh, we're not as bad as we could be. Just keep that in mind. If he's black, paint him gray. If he's gray, paint him a lighter shade of gray. If you can. Uh, while, te while teaching the truth. Now, with, well, with respect to, to yourself, you can be, you know, you try to be just to yourself, uh, but knowing the, the deceitfulness of your heart, uh, you have a track record of covering and excusing your own sin. Keep that in mind as well as you judge yourself. A charitable esteem of, of your neighbor and yourself, loving, desiring, and rejoicing in their good name. You know, it's easy to do when uh, you hear a good report of your sister or your good friend and all that. This is not as easy to do when you have uh, enemies who have treated you poorly, uh, maybe uh, competitors, opponents, I should say, not enemies, uh, but uh, still. <clears throat> and there are many uh, examples of that in Scripture, but we have a, a long list of things that under this head, so we're going to keep, keep going. Um, you, you, can, you can rejoice in their good name. You can be sorrowful for... Uh, for their failures, for their sins, and you should cover uh, their infirmities as much as possible, and not to, not to uh, dole over them, and not, not to rest too much on them, not to make too much of them. Uh, so, okay, these are my reading glasses coming up. Can you can you have, can you reach that from here? Wow. <laughs> <coughs> this is being filmed for posterity, you know. Thank you, Mark. You're humble and lovable. Thank you. Oh, yeah. Susie needs these. Yeah. Thank you. Okay. Oh, there's people here. Good. One thing that we, they need, we need really to be in the practice of in the church, and it's required in this commandment. You know, we have, we're Christians. We're christened with the Holy Spirit. That means we have gifts, and we have graces. Some of us have a lot of gifts. Some of us have few gifts, but they're very, they're very spectacular gifts. All gifts are inestimable value because they are resurrection gifts. They're given to Christ, our head. And so they are to be appreciated, they are to be valued, they have nothing to do uh, with mere natural, uh, natural abilities. So freely acknowledging the, the gifts, especially the, the spiritual gifts, and the graces, the graces of the Holy Spirit. If you see a person who's especially kind, or patient, forbearing, forgiving, you, too, you are to rejoice in that. You are to freely acknowledge the, the long-suffering uh, of, of parents that have bad children and you know, our, our, mean, our mean streak wants to blame them. If they would be better, if they would just be better parents, if, if they would read the right books, you know, uh, then their children wouldn't be a mess. Well, I, you don't know. Uh, so you, you need to forbear and you need to acknowledge uh, those that have superior gifts and graces. That's what, the, that's what the Holy Spirit does with us. He gives us gifts and he gives us graces. Now, the greater of those that you should appreciate are the graces. Because men may be gifted by the Holy Spirit temporarily, and those gifts can be removed. And those gifts can, can rest on, hand, on the heads of, of men and women that are not redeemed or converted. Graces are an indelible, an indelible mark 
of a true Christian. Graces, love, joy, peace, brotherly kindness, patience. That's an indelible gift of a true mark, a true mark of, Jesus, of a Christian. So you are to especially, especially rejoice in graces and, of course, rejoice in gifts. You are to defend their innocence. Uh, that's one of the, <coughs> that's one of the uh, responsibilities of kings, and that's what you are in Christ. You are beginning to rule now if you're going to be acknowledged as uh, good and faithful servants of God under the dominion that God gave you. You are to be prudent and you are to defend the innocent and the widow and those that are marginal and the weak and the poor. If you don't, then you're breaking this commandment. A ready receiving of a good report. So you know I no, I mean, you know, Elder so-and-so, he preached a great, a great sermon down there. Ah, oh, come on, that guy. Nah. You don't believe a good report. Why not? Why not believe? Why not believe a good report? And why be stingy? You can rejoice. You know? Unwillingness to admit of an evil report. We should be. We should say, no, brother, hold, hold on. I, I don't want to hear what you have to say here. Because first of all, it's just one witness, and I'm not sure. Besides, what business is this of you? Have you taken this to the proper authority? Have you spoken to this man? Why are you telling me this? You should be unwilling to admit hearing evil reports. I don't care if you're an elder or not. This is the ninth commandment. It's none of your business. Don't pick up a charge about an elder except upon two or, three, uh, two or three witnesses. Period. Discouraging talebearers, flatterers, slanderers. Again, we, we say the same thing in different, in different words. Love and care for our own good name. Defending it when, it needs, when need requires. You're not going to always <laughs> mount your charger uh, <clears throat> involved defense and go after somebody who has the le a bad opinion of you, but there are cases where you need to, to stand up because your name has to be pre uh, preserved as good. And once you get a bad reputation, it is very difficult to win it back. And it confuses people, especially if you're an elder or have authority in the church. Keeping lawful promises, you make those promises to God, but they affect other people and as much as you do. If you fail those promises, then you break this commandment. This includes church membership vows that we saw this morning about submitting to the government of the church and, it's, and uh, also contributing to the work as, as you are able to. Um, if not, my friends, then you're breaking the ninth commandment. Studying and practicing whatsoever things are true, and honest, lovely, and of good report. And these are, these are the wonderful things that God calls us to do and Paul says that when we give ourselves over to whatever is good, whatever is right, that which is beautiful, dwell on these things, the God of peace will be with us. And that does, isn't that what we want? See, if we're not doing these things, we lose peace. When we're doing these things, we sense the Lord's peace. As we walk with God in the light, we have fellowship with him and with one another. But if we turn to the darkness and with a divided tongue, we begin to do a lot of harm to ourselves and others. So you must preserve 
and you must promote the truth between man and man. Secondly, the, 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 the nugget of that is that you must never prejudice the truth. You should never prejudice the good name of your neighbor, nor your own good name, but especially in the public arena. Again, court, uh, civil court, magistrate, and the church court, those are the two highest places where you must be very careful uh, to speak the truth. Giving false evidence and uh, <coughs> promoting false witnesses. If you think of some of the most heinous things that can be done, it's easy uh, in the Old Testament, for instance, uh, concerning Ahab's vineyard, it's easy to raise up, as, as the scripture calls them, two worthless men. I think of the Hebrew, it says sons of Belial. The sons, uh, the sons of Belial, they're worthless men, they're liars, they're serpents, and they can be bribed to give an evil report. All you need is two witnesses. It just takes a little bit of money, and those two little tongues can hang a nobleman of Israel. Two little weapons. Two, two little weapons. And it'll destroy the inheritance of Naboth in his vineyard. You think about that. You think about that. You can light this church on fire very easily with just your tongue. Wittingly appearing and pleading for an evil cause. You take the wrong stand and you know it because there's political advantage to you, convenience, but you know it's a, a compromise. That's a breaking of this commandment. Uh, outfacing and overbearing the truth. You're resisting the truth. Somebody provides a very cogent, biblical argument, tight, cohesive, ample scriptures, not one or two, but clearly this is the Lord's will. You will outface it. You will stand firm and say, no, I don't believe that way. Well, it doesn't matter what you believe, you're wrong. You're guilty. You are challenging God's truth, which is plain and evident. You've broken this commandment. Passing unjust sentence, and those who rule—it's a—it's a shameful—it's a shameful thing for a judge to adjudicate badly. You saw how Pilate adjudicated. He tried. He tried to be fair, and the high priest and his scribes—well, unjust sentence, despite ample evidence calling evil good <coughs> and good evil. We've got plenty of churches that are ready to do that in terms of uh, gender, uh, gender relations and, and uh, expressions and sexuality, things like that. We are ready to call it evil good. And then when you mention them of, good, of positive good that the Lord requires, such as keeping the Lord's day, the fourth, fourth commandment, they say, well, no, that's an evil. I'm not going to be bound to that. You can't bind my conscience to that. That's evil. You're breaking the ninth commandment and the fourth commandment. Rewarding the wicked according to the work of the righteous, and the righteous according to the work of the wicked. A prophet who's true suffers long in the truth. Instead of being thanked and encouraged, he's beaten. 
He's thrown out of the vineyard. False prophet? He's, he's brought into the privy council of the king. And he's given a mansion. That's the breach of the ninth commandment. Forgery? You don't have authority to forge something, uh, an official document. Be true uh, to the author of documents. Plagiarism, you children in school, especially now with AI and all that, artificial intelligence, be careful that you are truthful, that you are indeed the author of this. And if you cite someone, cite them properly. Plagiarism and forgery. Concealing the truth and undue silence in a just cause. Well, <laughs> listen, I know what really went on here. I saw it. So I'm not going to step in there. No, I, 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 you know, it disturbs my peace, and God's called me to peace. So I'm not going to. I'm not going to get involved in that mess. But you're a witness. And if you say something, you might. I'm going to need some water. hold our peace, especially in process, judicial process. Oh, you're tall, aren't you? Thank you. You're very tall. <laughs> Slam dunk. You didn't have to jump. You know, white guys can't jump, right? Thank you very much. I owe you, I owe you one of these. <clears throat> if sin calls for a reproof from yourself <clears throat> or a complaint to others, <coughs> it's not godly to keep quiet. <coughs> it is none of your business. <clears throat> To keep quiet. It is all your business to speak the truth and not to allow others to prejudice the truth, nor the good name of your neighbor. <clears throat> also, if you speak the truth but not at the right time. You know, 12 years ago, you really, you really ticked me off. What did I do? You took one of the bass, the three ounce bass that I fished out of my basket. You know, I, you know, <clears throat> unseasonably or maliciously or to the wrong purpose in the glory of yourself <coughs> <Pardon me. laughs> 
or not for the benefit of others, nor for the benefit of the kingdom. Perverting the truth, giving it a wrong meaning, <clears throat> or in doubtful and uh, equivocal expressions, to the prejudice of truth. In other words, sophistry. Sophistry. <clears throat> I'll give you an example. I'll, I, I think <clears throat> the framework hypothesis and it's given as a biblical narrative explaining the six days of creation is untruthful in that it is an incomplete exegesis. It is a partial exegesis, but an incomplete one. And so it prejudices the truth. He's done some work in framing those days, but not, not all work, and he's not dealt with the whole of the passage. It's an incomplete exegesis, and if you publish that as the meaning of the text, <coughs> it is biblical error, and it is breaking the ninth commandment. Speaking untruth, lying, slandering, backbiting, tail-bearing, <laughs> whisperings, that is to say, Saying something, but uh, it's not—it's not like you want. <laughs> it's not saying you know, you can't you whisper something to your wife at night or something so you don't wake up the babies. <coughs> what it means is you don't want this word to be brought to light, and so you you say it in a corner. You work in the shadows. You're not—you're not open about what's going on. You're in the backwash. <coughs> that. Breaks the ninth commandment. Scoffing. I, I would even say rolling your eyes. We see this in congressional meetings. And people go, hey, that, that's spurning somebody. If, if, if it's wrong what he's saying, then speak to the issue. Not, it does no good. <coughs> Reviling is basically attacking, <clears throat> informing a character judgment Instead of informing your, your friend, look, uh, that's my ballpoint pen. It cost me $3.98. Please give it back to me. You go right to the heart of the matter and impugn his character. <coughs> you are a thief. You cannot be trusted because you're a thief. No, speak to the issue. Is that my ballpoint pen? It's got my teeth marks on it. Give me back my $3.98 ballpoint pen. You can't revile somebody. Stick to the issue. <clears throat> Rash, harsh, and partial censoring. <clears throat> Such as <clears throat> shunning. And some have had a, a great deal of practice in that, in the churches. <clears throat> Misconstructing intentions. <clears throat> you can't read people's hearts. <clears throat> If anybody has that gift, I want to I, I, I see how you got that because we, we are a, a secessionist church. We're not, we're, we, I, we don't believe we have any apostles or prophets here, but some people seem to be able to read the, the motions of other people's hearts revealed by the Holy Spirit or something. You can't do that. You can't misconstruct intentions, words, and actions. <coughs> Flattering. That's to say manipulating people, uh, or vainglorious boasting in, in your own abilities, or in flesh, 
thinking or speaking too highly or too meanly of ourselves or others, denying the gifts and graces of God. <laughs> oh, there's nothing going on in that church. Yeah, or or, or come, uh, come, to, come, come to our church. This, this church has everything. Oh, really? Well, if, if you have Christ, you have everything. And if this church has Christ, it has everything. Everything you need. Breaking the ninth commandment. <coughs> Aggravating smaller faults. A zillion small faults don't amount to a hill of beans. We all sin and fail the glory of God. Just pay attention to the main things. And if the main things are the most basic, the, the basic things are there, things will work out. Don't make small things, don't make a mounds of a hill, mountains out of molehills. <laughs> Hiding, excusing, or extenuating sins when called to a free confession. <coughs> Did you not say this? Did you not write this? Well, again, the sophist lawyer in us goes to task. Unnecessary discovering of infirmities. It's, it's, it's easy. It's easy to find fault with people if you go after them, but it's not necessary. <coughs> Raising false rumors. Receiving and countenancing evil reports. <coughs> the gossiper is not the only one guilty. The one receiving the gossip is guilty, as guilty, because the ninth commandment is broken with the transmitter and the receiver. It's not just the transmitter, it's the receiver. <coughs> Evil suspicion, envying or grieving at the, at the deserved credit of any. <coughs> no, he's a good Bible teacher. Yeah, but... I don't know, you know, <clears throat> endeavoring or desiring to impair the good name of others, rejoicing in their disgrace, and that's 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 really envy. Uh, that 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 is a malicious malicious trait to rejoice in the disgrace and the fall of others. <clears throat> Contempt, also fond admiration. You, you have some people that just. Uh, They, they are altogether too charitable in the estimation of, of somebody. They have their favorite writers, they have their favorite ministers, it's fine, but uh, to lose discernment and discretion is simply fond over them, uh, over much, or unjustly so, is a breach of this commandment. <clears throat> if you've made lawful promises, oaths and vows, you are to keep them. Neglecting things that are of good report, practicing and or not avoiding ourselves or not hindering what we can and others who practice such things. So we should encourage these things. <clears throat> we, should, we should be watchful in these things of ourselves. And, you know, as we can, we, we should, we should uh, gently tell people, do we really have to speak about this? Do we, do we really have to bring this up? Are there not noble things, good things that we can talk about? So you must maintain and promote truth between man and man. You must protect your own name, your own and your neighbor's good name, especially <clears throat> in witness bearing. Now, my friends, the problem, the problem here is that Satan is the father of lies. 
And our race is, is composed of two people. The seeds of the serpent that are given to his character and the redeemed of the Lord who still have a fallen nature and that nature has a tongue that is exceed, exceedingly difficult to govern. And uh, James says as much in James 1 and verse 26. So again, he repeats it in, in chapter 3, verse 5, 6, and 8. <coughs> James says that uh, it's a world of evil and that uh, the tongue is fueled by hell. Those are strong words by the brother of our Lord. It's a mark that a person is able more and more to die of the sin and to live unto righteousness, especially when he comes under trial. So when asked in important events in the church, at session, or in important things in the civil court, it tells the truth. This is <coughs> very important. In contracts, in relating to people, once, once trust is broken, it's very difficult to renew. Once trust is broken, and especially if it's broken, it's trying to be, it's trying to be repaired, and again, a lie comes forth, and then again, you try to reconcile, and you begin to trust one another, and then you even anticipate a lie, and there it is. Some people are uh, give, so much given to lies that it's, it, it's a part of their character and habit. And that is a very grievous thing. Now, when, you, when a Christian lies to another Christian in the church, <laughs> there is absolutely no advantage in that because we're all members one of another. You might as well throw out that practice because you gain nothing by it. If you hurt the church, you hurt yourself. If you hurt yourself, you hurt the church. We're all covenanted together, so you might as well out with the truth. God will, God will out with it anyway. So you might as well give him glory as Achan did and confess that you've got idols. Or 30 men might die. And that's the way it goes in the church. And newspapers and printed matters and books and journals especially. I'm very glad I have not published any books. I'm, I would be more accountable to my writing. I'm accountable to you in what I write on a weekly basis anyway. I have to be careful of what I write. Printed material, more permanent material, uh, it, it, it has a wider uh, shelf life, you might say. You have to be careful. And one thing that is not done anymore, theologians used to have retractions. Augustine had retractions. If you make a mistake, 20 years afterwards, upon a more mature reflection in your ministry, oh, no, well, oh, did I really say that? Wow, that... That's an infelicitous wording. If you, you know, if a polished theologian say, "Oh, that's an infelicitous, that's an infelicitous wording," because it makes nobody happy. Well, change it and say so. Even newspapers used to have their retractions on page twenty-seven A. You know, they make a mistake on the front page, and you read about it three years later. You know, page twenty-seven. Newspapers, books, journals, scientific reporting—it's at a crisis. I read a, an article recently, more than, over half the stuff that's published in Scientific Today is junk. Academic journals. Pure, it's pure, pure myth. Manipulated numbers. I won't, go into, I won't go into that area. 
It's easy to manipulate data, especially when you've got a lot of titles under your name. And people, you know, he's director of this, he's, 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 he's captain of that. <coughs> Propagating lies and myths. Again, creation myths, that's a famous one. Uh, intentionally false reporting. Yeah, this thing, this thing now is popular. Oh, we, we handle conservative news. Oh no, no, we, you know we we are. We only, we don't have any <laughs> like this one. We don't have any bias, Un unbiased news reporting. <laughs> I love that. I love that one. I, I, I've I've seen that ad and I just laugh. I go, whoa, wow. You talk about attaining modesty and humility. Everyone has a bias, my friends. And I'm not interested in conservative news. Are you interested in conservative news? Tell me the news, man. Tell me the news. Don't tell me the Republican news. What is that? Okay. Matthew 18. It's, Matthew 18 is difficult, difficult, difficult to practice. <laughs> it's much harder than the piano. You've got to be paying attention, and you've got, you've got to bring in every grace and every gift. And you can speak to one another in love and get through difficulties interpersonally, uh, but you need to be patient. You need to be asking much wisdom. You need to contain the damage to the person in as tight a circle as you can, uh, but you are to practice Matthew 18. We are to hold one another accountable. Uh, next week's sermon, I hope, that will be from Philippians 3. And Paul is admonishing those, the Christians of Philippi, brothers, <clears throat> watch out for so-and-so, the Judaizers. Every Christian is responsible for the purity and the peace and the unity of the church. It's not the elders. It's not the deacons. Every Christian is a vanguard for Christ. Or else, why else would you be christened? Why receive the Holy Spirit, which is the anointing of kings and, and, and of priests and of prophets? Are you just going to, what, have a christening and go to heaven and never, never show forth the glories of those offices? What is that? That's not Christianity. You have to live up to the name Christian. So that's what is involved here. And uh, we have uh, an opportunity here to show forth the glory of this commandment. And it's right before us in the Lord's Supper. How's that? <coughs> when you come to the Lord's Supper and you are a sincere Christian, walking in the light as he's in the light, You do have fellowship with God, and this is a uh, this is a table for fellowship. And it's easy to see—not a perfect picture, but a correlation there. But if you're scandalous or malicious, if you're a slanderer, if you if you have a forked tongue, and you come here, that's why we guard the table. That's why we say no. We we fence this table. Are you reconciled to God? Are you reconciled to one another? And when you do so, 
you, you show forth the glory of our Savior and His redemption as the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world at the Passover. This is the Lord's Passover. You profess. You, this is a, a prophetic function that you, Christian, perform until He returns. <laughs> I'll read it, you know, from 1 Corinthians 11 just in a second. And that's telling the truth. You're, 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 you're telling forth the truth as it is in Christ. And that's the privilege of everyone who worships the Lord. We are a people of the truth. We are a people of the truth. And the Lord is delighted when we walk in his truth. Will the elders please come forward? from 1 Corinthians 11. Paul says, I, I received from the Lord what I also delivered to you that <clears throat> the Lord Jesus on the night in which he was betrayed took bread. When he'd given thanks, he broke the bread and said, this is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, also, he took the cup after supper, saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. As often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. This is what you're doing. You're proclaiming forth the Lord's death. It's a prophetic function. Whoever therefore eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty concerning the body and the blood of the Lord. Let a person examine himself then and so eat of the bread and drink of the cup. If anyone eats and drinks without discerning the body, he eats and drinks judgment on himself. And this is why Many of you are weak and ill, and some have died. In other words, it's an owning of the truth of, of your status in Christ. However imperfect you have been in your obedience, you are sincere in your faith. You are sincere in desiring repentance. You are sincere in that repentance and in your obedience. Anyone who eats and drinks without discerning the body eats and drinks judgment on himself. So this is a judgment of truth or falsehood. This is why many of you are weak and ill, some have died, but if we judged ourselves truly, that is to say, in truth, we would not be judged. But when we are judged by the Lord, we are disciplined so that we may not be condemned along with the world. God is a God of truth. He hates lies, and he will condemn lies, and he will condemn unrepentant liars. <laughs> Let's pray. Pray now, Lord, that as you have given us charge to remember your gift to us in Christ, that we would receive it sincerely and with love in our hearts. 
knowing that we, we need deliverance. We need a redeemer. We need your covering blood. We need fellowship with you because even as we walk in your light, we have, we have need of cleansing. So, Lord, do come and tend to us. May we rejoice in the nearness of our God at this table, your friendship, your peace. May we be at peace with you truly and with one another truly. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. If you're visiting, you're welcome to the table. You don't have to be Presbyterian. You have to be baptized. You have to have, been, have made a, a public profession of faith. And it helps if you can say, I report to this shepherd or this under-shepherd, if you're, if you're a church member, if, if you can make some sense of that. All right. <laughs> Yeah.